You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We've got at least one new caller, so let's get started with the new caller. What's up, Ryan? It's Jacob from Merced, California. What's up, man? I'm excited where the Packers are at, man. It's <laughs> uh, nobody was expecting this, especially not me, man. This is uh, thought it was going to be a growth season, but it's turning out to be a little bit more than that. No kidding. I know everybody's talking about a Super Bowl and everything. Uh, I'm just more worried about the game that we're, we're we're heading into, man. It's the Niners. Anything's possible. I just want to see. Uh, just want to see us do great, man. I just want to see us do great. Uh, Jordan Love and his growth. I want to make sure he can, you know, I'm hoping and praying that he can maintain it for the future seasons. But uh, I want to kind of get your take on uh, what needs to happen on stopping the D-line as well. You know, they got some they got some good guys there, man. I just want to see what your take is for that. And then uh, got to give some credit to Goody, man. He's uh, he's making some some very good decisions for our team. You know, I, I like that guy, man. He's, he's, he's really good. Uh, let me see what else I got here. The receivers. Before I forget all the stuff that you're saying, um, I, first of all, I agree with um, the idea that we got to focus on one game at a time. I, I think the reason I put so much emphasis on Super Bowl is is just because it's a, sort of, a, for me, a change of focus. And it seems like some other people kind of had a, a different feeling. And maybe it was just me sort of understating how good they were to begin with, where I didn't really expect to beat Dallas. And I kind of just saw it as, you know, be cool if we did. But beating Dallas and then beating Sam and then another team and then winning, in the, it's, it, that's a freaking pipe dream, you know? But then when we saw what happened against Dallas and you realize how good this team actually is, it kind of just came into focus that, at least from a fan, from, from a me perspective, it's the focus has changed. It's not just, hey, you know, we're just here to have fun. It's important that they, you know, that their focus is the same as everybody else's. Now, that's stupid because obviously... The, the Green Bay Packers have had that focus since day one. I, I think it's just a change in my understanding of how good they really are and how real this actually is. Um, you know, D-line, definitely going to be a concern. I mean, Nick Bosa is is one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in the entire NFL. I mean, he's, he's in that conversation. Um, they also did add Chase Young to their team when Washington did their whole evacuation of, of everybody with talent on their team. They picked up Chase Young. He's a solid pass rusher for sure. He's at, you know, 66 pressures, 10 sacks right now. And, you know, looking at interior guys, um, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead are, are very high quality. If you look at, for example, pass rush productivity, which, you know, I was trying to pick which one would maybe be the best. You could do win percentage. How often do they beat the guy in front of them? Pass rush productivity, I, I like because it's sort of a... Um, Looking how often you affect the quarterback, but weighting sacks over hits and hits over hurries, which I think is a pretty good metric. 
Uh, Nick Bosa is 12th in that. He's, he's higher than that in pretty much every other category. But And then Chase Young is 32nd. So they got kind of two number one pass rushers. And then on the interior, if you just look at the interior guys, Javon Hargrave is 12th. Eric Armstead is also 12th. They're tied. So that's really solid for four guys across the board. Um, couple things to take note of, however, is that although they might have some more guys, I think Dallas had better guys. I do think Micah Parsons is right now a better pass rusher. In fact, if you're looking at pass rush productivity, Micah Parsons is number one. And then they had Dante Fowler, um, who's actually ranked fifth, tied with Miles Garrett. That's who we just went up against last week. Now, the interior might actually be better. Uh, Osa Digizua is 16th, which is pretty close to the other two, but it's just the one guy. So, I, But I, I honestly would say it's it's kind of a toss-up. I think Dallas had better edge guys. As good as Bosa is, I think that that's a reality. And I think San Francisco has a little bit better interior guys. It's also worth noting, though, um, again, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave are 10th in pass rush productivity. Kenny Clark, or excuse me, they're 12th. Kenny Clark is 10th. Devontae Wyatt is 6th. So we have better interior pass rush guys than they do. So, um, I mean, that doesn't help our offensive line at all, but it's also just worth noting. So, I mean, what, what do you have to do? I mean, freaking frickin block, you know? I mean, I, I think they really did a good job last week because not only do they have talented guys, but they were bringing the house a lot. And, you know, the, honestly, the biggest thing is going to come down to Jordan. And that is such a lazy response to everything, but it's, it's really the reality. You know, I mean, I've said it before, if... If anybody ever asked me, how do you stop the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? The question was very simple. Get to Aaron Rodgers. If you can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and get him flustered and frazzled, it was over. It was completely game over. Right now, that's not the case with Jordan. Getting pressure on Jordan Love does nothing. The best defense against pressure is a quarterback that's not affected by it. I don't think I missed anything. That's up, man. Uh, especially my boy, Bo Melton, man. He, he came out of nowhere and just handled business, man. He, yeah. he got some really nice uh, nice opportunities there to shine, and he made the most of them. But, uh, you know, they've really come a long way from the mess-ups, wrong routes, and all that good stuff. So, you know, <laughs> let's just say it feels really, really good to be a Packer fan. Yeah. You know, we can, we've come a long way. Nobody really thought that we were going to make it anywhere near the playoffs. And, and including most of us, to be fair. I mean, I, I shouldn't say, when you say playoffs, I shouldn't say that. When we did score or record predictions people called in i think the average was like 10 so i guess that's not true but still i would be shocked if anybody had predicted this level of of talent and success maybe uh we got some pretty optimistic fans i didn't absolutely not i didn't really think playoffs although i was kind of teetering that way because again we we were right on the cusp with aaron Rodgers being average at best And, and if jordan could at least be that maybe we had a shot um but this level of talent right now, just shocking how good it is. And here we are, man. We you know we're, we're, we're here. Yep. Let's just make the best of it. And uh, just kind of give me your take on what the team needs to do to just get past this uh, Niners defense and how we can also stop that offense. All right, Ryan. I mean, again, it starts with Jordan, but then from there, it's it's the offense around it. I mean, that 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 is what the Packers are right now. It's what the Packers have always been. You know, when well, maybe not when the the Packers won with Favre. I mean, the defense was the offense and defense were incredible. But it's hard to say the offense was leading the way with that team. But um, for most of Favre's tenure, 
for probably all of Rodgers' tenure, it's just it's just elite offensive play. And that's where we're at right now. And and so I kind of see this as it's going to be really hard to stop that offense. But if we continue to play the way we have been, it's going to be really hard to stop the Packers' offense. So it almost feels like the defense's job is just to, just to try to apply the break, the, the break to their team. Just You're not going to stop them, but just pull on that break as hard as you possibly can to see if you can slow them down more than they can slow us down. Um, I don't know. We will have to see. I mean, it's possible that, you know, because, again, the Packers have done really well defensively several weeks, and, and including the last time we saw the 49ers in the playoffs, so it's not impossible that they do a really good job, and it's certainly not impossible that their defense gives our offense fits, but it just feels to me, assuming their offense and the Packers' offense is able to do what they've been able to do, that this is going to be just kind of a shootout and then wait and see which defense can actually make a play. Get a pick, get a get a critical sack, force a field goal instead of a instead of a touchdown. Those types of things. And it does seem like you got sort of two bend don't break defenses. So it's it's going to kind of come down to who's going to be able to punch it in as opposed to punts and field goals. Hey Ryan, it's Jacob again. Hey, from uh, Merced, California. Uh I know Matt LaFleur's mindset is, you know, it's 0-0. Do you kind of think that uh, kind of straight away from that when you took our uh, our starters out for a second there? Uh, just wanted to get your take on that and uh, what you think about that. To me, I kind of feel like he uh, might have messed with their mindset just a little bit. But who knows? You know, maybe he didn't. Maybe that was just his call, and I know he knows that it was a, kind of a bad decision to do that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like his mindset on it's zero zero, and it's anybody's ballgame. Thank you. I'll be eating your vegetables. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I think I think we're referring to kind of like coming out at halftime, right? It's zero to zero, and that's sort of the mentality you have. And I think that the idea at the point in which we pull our starters is it's no longer zero to zero. It's 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 our game. And you're right that that was the wrong decision. Um, it certainly messed with their mentality after the fact i mean we saw how good the offense was and then they went out cold after being told that they're done for the day and it just it didn't look good you know kind of just this flop of a team I, eh. now do i think that that's going to affect them moving forward i don't think so i just think that it was you know they, they thought they were done and then they got put back out there and it just it just wasn't they weren't in a rhythm anymore and i think that they're going to head out to san francisco i think they're going to have the right mentality and uh, hopefully be able to execute i'm hoping that's what your question was What's up, Ryan? It's A.A. Ron from Eau Claire. What's up, man? Um, I've been reading and seeing some different uh, responses to the weekend's playoff games, and it's really uh, it's really funny because um, now this is definitely coming from more of a fans on Twitter perspective, but. Uh, a bunch of people are going, you know, Dallas didn't try hard. The 49ers will expose the Packers next week. Sure. Uh, I'm not so sure about that, but I do like that the Packers are still not getting any respect. So. <laughs> go back, go. It, it is a little weird. Um, I mean, obviously, I've, I've played the audio. There's a lot of people that have come around to the Green Bay Packers in a massive way. But, you know, I mean, you, you look at what the line is. It's nine and a half 
for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it, it tells you everything you need to know as far as the perception of where the Packers are at. You know, it's very, very impressive. And there's no doubt, and I don't think anyone's even disputing that. Jordan Love is very impressive. The team is impressive. The coach is impressive. The GM is impressive. Everybody's on board now, for the most part, with the exception of a few holdovers. But when the rubber meets the road and you compare side-by-side the Packers and the 49ers, I think there's still, you know, you you ask any one of these people, like, how good, oh, man, the Packers are fantastic. It's wonderful. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, how do they compare to the 49ers? Well, I mean, look... They, they got a ways to go yet before they're on that tier. And you're right. I mean, I'm, 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 I get it, but I'm kind of stunned how much they're favored by and, how, and, and the perceived gap between the two. And on tomorrow's podcast, I kind of talk a little bit about that and a couple different metrics that you can look at to kind of show that I think that that's a little bit off. But I guess we'll, we'll find out when we get there. But again, it's another cool little stepping stone. I mean, I feel like we're in the exact same position as last week. I'm sitting here looking at it, and I see the nine and a half points, and I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but I, I get it, and I certainly think Dallas is a better football team, and I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to win. Probably not, but if we do, man, it would be great, and it, and it would show how good this team really is. Exact same thing. It's just the next step. Yeah, you know, they're probably a better team. I get that. It's it's probably not as big of a gap as nine and a half. Look how, and, and this is sort of the final step because I don't know that there's a better team than the 49ers, at least as far as perception. Maybe maybe Baltimore, who knows? Maybe Buffalo's better. In fact, I would argue that maybe they are if you look at how they've been the last uh, half of the season or so. But from a perception standpoint, if the Packers pull off a victory against the San Francisco 49ers and, and likewise Texans with the Baltimore Ravens, if either of those teams or both of those teams win, you're now looking at the top teams in the NFL. And that, I mean, it's going to be Texans Packers. Who else could it possibly be? Unless you're like all in on Buffalo or whatever. We'll see who ends up winning that game. But Buffalo or Kansas City would be the only other possible option. It's not Detroit. It's not Tampa Bay. So it's actually kind of a cool thing because, again, there's a huge gap right now in perception of where they are. If they just win this one game, they are catapulted, catapulted to the top. That gap closes instantly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big freaking game, man. It's a big game. Whoa, Pack Daddy, Bam, <laughs> Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Easy E, your mini. What's going on, man? Listen, you know, I want to report a couple of things that I, I understand, you know, that I've heard through the grapevine. Uh, apparently, Rob Gronkowski is saying that um, Jimmy Johnson's outburst was actually, <laughs> actually a. Uh, a uh, job application or a, oh. uh, a request for a, for a job. He's kind of trying out for uh, Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones to get that new uh, coaching position. That's why he did what he did. Sure. You know that was actually an audition. So that's that. So that's uh, that's uh, the uh, the first uh, candy bar in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Second one is uh, that. I understand that Eric, I think it's Eric Johnson, uh, the mayor of Dallas, has actually been in contact with uh, uh, Jerry to uh, uh, take away that title um, of the uh, America's team sure. and move it over to Houston because, uh, you know, CJ Stroud and all that. <laughs> and also, uh, the mayor is also requesting that uh, there be public ownership of the uh, Dallas Cowboys that uh, they start selling stock and stuff. Those something they heard from uh, Green Bay. Uh, so that they have public ownership because clearly uh, the uh, ownership and management of the Dallas current Dallas Cowboys uh, will never get them uh, back to the uh, esteemed 
place that the Cowboys uh, once held in Dallas and in America's heart. I mean, they're not even Texas team at this point. America's team? <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, I just want to report that. Go back, Bill. Well, I hadn't heard any of those reports, but I can't say I'm surprised, to be honest, because let's you know, let's call it what it is. Dallas is, is uh, it's an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment. It's funny, I actually didn't even see that Jimmy Johnson outburst until today. I forgot what it was. I was just going through all the different clips, and I don't know if I saved that to put on the podcast. I may have. I don't know. Probably won't get to it anyways, but that, w- that was pretty funny. He was furious. Some high-quality stuff. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey. Enjoyed watching the uh, live podcast during the game uh, with you last night as well as uh, last week. Uh, looking forward to do it again for the San Francisco game. Yeah, Fun thanks. to see all the different people's comments and see your family and, and uh, your comments during the game. So awesome, awesome game. Um, I usually don't watch the national shows. I haven't for the last couple of years just because I think they're kind of idiots. Yes. But I thought, well, I'll, I'll watch maybe Get Up and, and, uh, a little undisputed, a little, uh, little good morning, uh, football just to, just to hear all the accolades about the Packers and was very disappointed that the majority of the time was spent on how bad the Cowboys were. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy's future, and I get it, kind of clickbait, and that's uh, it is a big story. Yeah. But uh, just little little respect for what the Packers did in that game. In fact, the one guy on ESPN said, "Oh, any team could have came in there and beat the Cowboys the way that defense was playing." Yeah, that's absurd. But I just thought, man, that is so disrespectful. Did you right. not watch Aaron Jones running? Did you not watch? Um, the the play calling by Matt and getting guys open and, and some amazing throws by Jordan um, and then and then even how the defense played right up until you know we gave him those garbage points sixteen points near the end of the game but prior to that you know pick six another interception some sacks key sacks so uh, just just throwing Dak off his rhythm and I know again a lot of criticism is how terrible he played but I think we caused a lot of that so. I'll go back to not listening to the national stuff again. Um, but was disappointed. Just wanted to hear some glowing comments. I did have one comment about, uh, Andre, uh, um, Carlson, our kicker. Mm-hmm. Can he not kick it out of the end zone or is that intentional? They talk about how big his leg is. Uh, and we've seen him hit long field goals. I don't get if they're intentionally wanting to let people run it out. Or if he just can't do it. Clearly, the Cowboys kicker was kicking him out. I don't think we took any out of the end zone. But just wondered if you know or have any insight on that. But it seems awfully strange to me. I hope we get some competition for him next year. I'm not convinced about him. And I know several have said that. All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah, I have to assume that that is um, what is being asked of him. Because... I mean, that's one of the reasons why you move on from a guy like Mason. He starts to lose his leg, and he can't kick it out of the end zone anymore, you know? And, and the long field goals and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, if you're getting a guy fresh out of college and he can't kick it out of the end zone, that's certainly a problem. I mean, that should be pretty easy for a young guy. Um, let's just say I hope that's the situation. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of that Dallas stuff, look, I, I've already said Dak made a couple bad decisions. Uh, C.D. Lamb seemed to have a pretty bad day. But a lot of the stuff that we saw that made Dallas look bad was was the Green Bay Packers making them look bad. It's like, well, anybody could have gone and done that. No, that's not true. 
like I said before, with you know that that one particular play call in which the Musgrave was able to leak out undetected. I mean, do you have a Christian Watson that can run like that? Do you have a play caller like Matt Lafleur who's going to set these things up? Who knows what you've seen on tape and, and is going to get you to try to bite on it? Like, oh, here it comes, and then they crash down to try to stop what they think is this play that they've been waiting for. And really, they, he was just setting a trap for you so that when you bite on it, we're leaking somebody else behind you. Come on, man. Oh, man, it's Kyle from Madison. Um, I don't know if there's a record for this or whatever, and it's probably psychologically like not healthy for me, but <laughs> I cannot stop because it's a holiday anyway. So I'm home. My Fitbit probably thinks I'm dead because I am literally just sitting here watching constantly, nonstop cowboy fan reaction videos <laughs> to the game yesterday, and I cannot stop. I enjoy it so much. I'm going to watch every single one that exists. I am going to lick the bowl <laughs> of tears of our competitors. Glorious. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. Dallas Cowboys fans are are uh, pretty hardcore when it comes to their emotions and their reactions. It's, it's been too much. I mean, I, I've had a hard time trying to laugh at the enemy and laugh at, you know, Bears fans losing their minds about the Packers winning and talk about the 49ers and talk about all the, you know, it's just, there's a lot. But what a cool thing that we get to enjoy that. Again, we just get another week of football, another week that we're still in it. And uh, another victory Monday, more laughing at the enemies. It's just, it's just glorious stuff. But again, if it if it ends this week, we mourn for 24 hours, and then we get back get back to work. We're right back at it. We start looking immediately at 2024 and how we're going to win the Super Bowl in 2024. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come right back. We'll hear from Brooke in Chicago. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Hey, Ryan. This is Brooke from Illinois. It's been a really long time since I've called. Um, I am still trying to figure out if yesterday was for real, I swear. Uh, half the game, I was asking my parents who I was FaceTiming from Kentucky as I was texting with my cousin in California throughout the whole game asking if this was real. My brother got home at 10 o'clock at night, and we watched the whole thing again. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, But I have a few questions. I just got finished listening to your pod from this morning and Packernet after dark. Usually I write in my questions because I am terrified to use the phone. But (laughs) I'm here, and I am going to give this a whirl. Good. So, We have established that Jordan Love is amazing, and this has been crazy awesome. Um, Has he done a game-winning drive? Like a two-minute drill, get down and actually game-winning last-minute, last-second drive. That pressure is something I worry about. Um, And then did we really play an amazing Dallas team, or did they just really underestimate us and completely crap the bet? Because... What are they going to be compared to San Francisco? Because they've seen us now. I don't think everyone's going to underestimate us. At least I assume they won't. So do we have what it takes to play a team when they're actually playing at their top level? We took advantage of a really, really good situation yesterday. What are the odds that San Francisco makes that same mistake? So. Are they playing at the level they're supposed to? What is San Francisco's defense and offense ranked compared to Dallas's? I, I can never remember those statistics. And then we just have to make sure they really don't get in their own heads, don't be overconfident. I don't think they will with San Francisco, but if we manage to beat the 49ers and go on to play, I don't know, Detroit, because we beat them pretty handily last time, are they going to go in playing down? to the opponent like we tend to do, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, Yeah, I'm nervous, but I'm trying really hard to stay in the moment because this was really, really awesome. Uh, Thanks for everything you do. Looking forward to the next pod. Um, Go Pack Go! I appreciate you calling in. Hopefully you'll be uh, doing that more often. I know the phone is not fun. I hate doing it. I I. As weird as it sounds, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I have, you know, thousands of people that listen to my voice every day. I hate calling people. I just I just have anxiety about it. I don't know why. It's a, such a stupid thing. If I can avoid it, I have my wife do it. Like if we're ordering pizza, I just be like, hey, here's what I want. Why don't you call them? I'll I'll get it. I'll do whatever. But you make the call. I don't want to do it. I hate it. Um, so I get it. But we're all just hanging out, we're having a good time, it's whatever. It's not even like talking to people. You're just talking to yourself into a phone. That's how I can do the podcast. I'm not talking to people. I don't freaking care. I'm just talking. And then this thing records, and then I upload stuff, and then I go about my business. <laughs> That's it. Um, let's start backwards first, because I'm still trying to get an answer to your first question. Um, did Dallas underestimate the Packers? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the, the most obvious answer would be, well, these are professionals, and it's the playoffs, and you can't underestimate anybody. But I think... Human nature, it's fair to assume that it's it's entirely possible that they did. But again, I, I really think if you 
for example, go back to that St. Brown podcast, Equinemius St. Brown and his brother Amon Ra, and how much they talked about how that offense is just different. The Dallas Cowboys had to spend the whole week studying film on the Green Bay Packers and probably spent, well, I don't know how much time, but they, they spent a week studying this team. They had to realize what the offense is. And the coaches had to have emphasized, like, I don't care what you think or what you've been told. This team is very good. And then they break down the tape and they see how good it is. I just think it's sort of, you know, coaching 101 to make sure that they understand this opponent is for real. That's that's coming in here. So I would just kind of doubt it, I guess, is what I would say. Now, did they kind of slip up a little bit? Yeah, they did. But I genuinely don't think they underestimated the Packers. Maybe the defense. I don't know. But I, I would doubt it. As for game-winning drives, I think that there were three. The first one being the Saints game. Um, Packers took over uh, down 17-11 to with five minutes left. Jordan Love, nine-play drive, started on the 20-yard line, drove down and got a touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, taking us up with with the extra point, 18-17. Carolina Panthers game. Packers were tied 30-30, four minutes left. Packers are able to drain all four minutes off of that clock so that there was only 22 seconds left. But uh, they drove down the field. Andres Carlson kicked a 32-yard field goal to go up 33-30. to Packers win the game. And then the last one was against the Chargers. A little bit more iffy, I guess, because there were a couple other possessions. But uh, the last score of the game did come from the Green Bay Packers. It was in the fourth quarter with about five minutes left. Packers are down 16-20. to Jordan Love takes him down the field from the 25-yard line, scores a touchdown pass, 24-yard touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs. Um, after that, it did come down to the defense making two separate stops, but yeah, I, I guess it depends on your definition of a game-winning drive, but that would be another one. Like I think if we're talking specifically about this is the final drive of the game, not really, but kind of. Again, that Carolina Panthers game, those 22 seconds left, they kicked it off, so... Um, based on this thing here, Stathead, they have a, a thing where you can search for game-winning drives, and they have Jordan Love with three of them. Hey, Ryan. It's Pedro, the redhead from Brazil here. Chip. I know I'm calling a lot this week, but I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm watching here the Steelers and Buffalo game, and I was on, like, on social media, and I just saw a clip of Reed and Jones on the side of the field um, the Cowboys game where Reed is telling Jones that he's reading that he goes above and beyond and that he prays for him and stuff. That's leadership, you know? Yeah. That's leadership. Uh, I love Rodgers. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I just can't see someone, a rookie, the last saying those things to him. I just can't. But you can see with Jones. He is the kind of leader we need. We need Jordan Love and the other leaders of this group that will rise in the next few years to learn that from Jones. That's the kind of culture of leadership that every every single dynasty is building. You know, the Lakers with Kobe was like that. The Bulls with Jordan was like that. You, you need a leader that goes above and beyond and makes every single one of the team going go above and beyond, you know. 
Rogers demanded excellency. He, 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 he wanted you to be great, you, you to be excellent. But he didn't show the way. He didn't show them, the, 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 especially the young guys, how to get there. I feel like Jones is that guy that, that he did it. And that is something that you need to think about when you're signing a guy. And I think that better do. That's why they are so high on high capture and stuff. They know that that's what they need to be a great team. And it's something more or less like the Lions are doing, but it's bigger because Jones is different. And, and I feel that spark on love. And I need that Jones is the right guy to make that spark grow even more in our team be great. We can build a dynasty. So yeah, that's it. I love Aaron Jones. <laughs> so yeah, talk to you soon. Bye bye. Yeah, and there's just kind of a human nature aspect that I think we all can understand. You know, I mean, we we've had, I mean, I've had bosses that expect greatness from me. Um, you know, they're the ones that show up on the job site, tell you that you're not doing good enough. They'll very quickly run through and show you how easy it is and then give it back to you and say, that's what I expect from you from now on. Get back in the truck and drive off. And uh, my response is to give them the finger as they're driving away, as opposed to, you know, the boss that treats you really well, that you actually over time begin to care about so that when they ask you to do something, you put in 110% because that's what you want to do for them. And Aaron Jones is that guy. Aaron Jones is the guy that you you just, after getting to know them, care deeply about. And um, you want to do things for them, even above and beyond what it means for you. You want to do it because of what it means for them. And that's how you know somebody is a very high character person. Guys like Aaron Jones are pretty rare. But um, he definitely is is that type of guy that will get people to run through a wall for him. And not just because he's a screamer. And he's crazy and he's a psycho and he shows you how to be violent and all that kind of stuff. It's just he is such a deeply good person that everybody wants to do it for him. So, honestly, what does it say about our team that uh, Jaden Reed cannot have a catch and we just hung 41 as an offensive unit? I mean, that's just insane. I didn't realize that. I was just kind of looking at the stats here. Honestly, I think that's probably, you know, as long as it's not something that goes on and on, I think that's probably a sign of something pretty healthy, to be honest. Because I, I think maybe Love is probably reading what's there. Because you got to think, you know, if he wasn't, you'd be trying to force that ball, and I think you went to him a couple times. But pretty amazing that it appears we he's just out there reading what he, you know, whatever he wants, he's reading it. And if it wasn't Reed, if they're keying up on Reed, he went elsewhere with the ball. So... That's incredible, man. This, these wide receivers are nuts. I just can't even believe this is a real thing. All right, peace. Yeah, they're in an incredible incredible rhythm right now. Um, it's just simpatico, you know what I mean? It's just the harmony, if you will, between the coach, the quarterback, and the skill position guys is really just on another level right now. And, and, and you know, understandably so. That's why everybody's so nervous because it feels like an unsustainable thing. And maybe we're just wrong. It's just, you know, maybe this is just how good they are, but it feels kind of fake, you know, to me, that that this is just what it's going to be forever. So if it's not what it's going to be forever, it's okay, but can you do it one more time? And then after that, can you do it one more time? That kind of becomes, I guess, the question. So, um, but yeah, no, the, what, what they've been able to do over the last several weeks is, uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's just no words for it. 
Hey, Ryan. Daniel from California. Hey. Have you seen um, the Goodwill Hunting? Uh, I don't know if it's a GIF or a meme or whatever, one of the video ones, right, where it's Goodwill Hunting, it's the scene, right, and it's the Green Bay Packers uh, organization, and he's just holding the the paper, right, the, the high-end oh, yeah, problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it says the Green Bay Packers organization finding quarterbacks, yep. and he goes, do you know how easy this is for me? Like, you know how embarrassing this is to watch you just sorry <laughs> but and then it just pans over to the professor and it's the bears yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I don't even you know it's, it's, I had faith man I had faith in Jordan and it didn't look good for a good stretch and then all of a sudden he just turned it on I, like I knew he knew what like the the offense and he knew what to do. It's just everything seemed off, and then it wasn't, and then it wasn't. Go Paco. It is funny, and that and that's going to be like the the new troll from now on. Anytime a Bears fan or a Vikings fan or any other kind of fan wants to talk trash, it's just like, bro. Let me ask you a serious question. Why can't you find a quarterback? Like it's not that freaking hard. How how can you not find a quarterback after all this time? Like it's it's not that. Like just get one, bro. Like there's there's a lot of them. They they keep getting drafted. Why don't you draft one? I don't understand. Like what what's the game plan here? Such a glorious thing. Why don't we take our final break? We'll come back and hear from caller number five. Hello, caller number five. Hey, um, just a thought about what it's going to take to win this game. We're going to have to rattle Purdy, which means we're going to have to get pressure and hit him and get sacks. Uh, and I think most of those are going to be from the defensive interior because I think their, um, their interior guys are worse or a lot worse than the Cowboys interior guys. So this is going to have to be a Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks game. Uh, but I did want to just mention one thing. I am sort of sick of this is going to sound harsh. I'm sort of sick of Rashawn Gary being a no-show. Um, we paid him like he's one of the top edge rushers in the league, and he has done nothing since the Thanksgiving game. Uh, he has a half a sack in the last seven games. We paid you like you're one of the best. We need one of the best performances this weekend if we're going to win. Because um, that interior pressure is great, but it's not always going to get there. You need to take over the game when we need you to take over the game, like a Nick Bosa, like a, you know, T.J. Watt, like a Max Crosby. I just half a sack. I mean, I know he's getting doubled most of the time. And maybe, maybe it's because we're not ever in third and have to pass uh, down. Maybe that's why. But it's just unacceptable, man. Uh, you're, you're supposed to be the star. Like on, like on, uh, remember the Titans. You want to be a star. I'm going to need a star effort. That's what we need from Rashawn Gary this weekend. Uh, so interior pressure and Rashawn Gary to have his, a NFL. I'm still Bane Gary. I need that from him this weekend. All right. No, I mean, and, and there is no excuse for it. I mean, I understand he is getting double teamed a lot, and that's definitely got to be frustrating for him. But again, we can kind of isolate this and we can see it. I mean, you said the last seven weeks, so I just real quick pulled that up. 
Um, his win percentage just total right now is 9%. I think that's win percentage, is it? Uh, yes, win percentage is 9%, which is awful. It's it's hard to quantify how awful that is, but it's awful. Um, but if you look at pass, or if you look at his win percentage in true pass sets, which does not include times when he's double teamed, it only goes up to 10.3%. Rashawn Gary in win rate, as in what percentage he actually beats the guy across from him when it's a one-on-one, he ranks 75th. I, I listen. Rashawn Gary has always been one of the premier edge rushers in the NFL. He just has been. But since he got paid, he's fallen off. And um, I really did not think that that would happen to him. I I really felt like he was going to be the kind of guy that um, he was just, I mean, he's just a worker, man. He's just going to dig in. I I don't know if he got that paycheck and maybe he's just been enjoying it a little bit. You know, I mean, if I got a lot of money, I, I certainly would be a little distracted with all the stuff that I can do with that money now. Um, and I, listen, I'm not saying that I know that that's the case. All I'm saying is he's, he's been a elite pass rusher almost since day one, certainly since year two, certainly, certainly since year three, he has never been as bad in my opinion, as he's been since he got paid. So unless it's just some weird coincidence where all of a sudden, you know, he, he got an injury and we, we just don't know about it. I don't know. I haven't really seen him even pop up on the injury list. I don't know what's going on. But you're right. I mean, this is critical. This is freaking go time. And um, we have not had a real good Rashawn Gary game um, in a while now. And you, you you said Thanksgiving, and that, that was it. He had a 92 grade in that game. So weeks one through seven, he had basically great the whole time. Then he had a bad day against Minnesota, average against L.A., and then bounced back against Pittsburgh. Then he dropped off again against the Chargers and then elite against Detroit. And it's pretty much just been bad ever since. He had one good game against Minnesota, and that's it. He had eight pressures on 24 attempts and no sacks. So, I don't know. I mean, look, the numbers are still promising. And honestly, he has not gotten a lot of opportunities. Um, Like, he only had two pressures this last week. But, you know, he rushed the passer 27 times. He only had one pressure the week before that. He only rushed the passer 18 times. And again, like the, the usage is so low. I mean, if you look at uh, Nick Bosa, he has rushed the passer 567 times, Rashawn Gary 411. Rashawn Gary has rushed the quarterback 30 times, only three times this entire year. 30 against Minnesota, 31 against Carolina, 33 against the Chargers. Nick Bosa has rushed the passer 30 times almost every single game. 29 against Jacksonville, 29 against Arizona, 31, 34, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 43, 47, and 48 times. So, I mean, the bottom line is, look, if you're looking for better than 10% pressure rate and you rush the passer, um, you know, what did he do these past couple weeks again? 18 times like he did against Chicago. I'm looking for roughly two pressures. And the odds that you're going to get a sack in that is kind of low. Maybe like three pressures in a sack in that game, but I think that would be a premier performance, and that's kind of bullcrap. Again, to put it in perspective, Rashawn Gary rushed the passer 27 times, which is kind of high for him this past week. That would be Nick Bosa's third lowest amount of pass rush attempts. But yeah, I mean, the grades are bad. The stats are bad. Everything's just kind of falling off. Um, and it's just, it's got to get back. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's pretty disappointing. I don't know if anybody's really addressed it with Rashawn. Um, 
don't know if it's come up in the media or whatever. I'm sure he wouldn't like the question, but somebody's got to ask somebody. Somebody's got to talk to Joe Barry or Matt LaFleur or somebody and just say, what's going on with Rashawn? Because I know there's issues with the defense, and I know guys have been disgruntled, and there's been kinds of issues or whatever. But from what I can tell, a lot of them have got, well, I mean, Devondre hasn't. Devondre kind of fell off and has had an attitude and just, I, I don't know. But whatever it is, he needs to snap out of it because he is critical to the success of not just the defense, but of this team. He is one of the best players we have on this entire team. And if he doesn't play, we're screwed. And we have to pay him a lot of money just to sit here and be screwed and hope that Lucas Van Ness can step up so that we can have a pass rusher. I like Rashawn a lot. I've always been a huge fan of Rashawn Gary, but this ain't it. This isn't going to work. Hey, Ryan, Trevor, Virginia. Um, You're talking about how good Jordan Love has been under pressure right now, and I completely agree. Um, A lot of these throws, you know, it's it's just, it's not all him. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not taking credit away from him, but, like, you can't be great under pressure like that unless your receivers are also getting open. Like, the, the receivers are getting open so quickly, and sometimes... It's just that trust that the receivers are going to get open. Because when the pressure's there, he's throwing the ball yeah. deep down the field, and the, the receiver's not open yet. But he's trusting that, hey, this is your mark. You're going to make, you're going to break here and get there. I'm going to throw the ball now, and like it's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, but I just think the the receivers deserve a ton of credit too for getting open so quickly and consistently to help Jordan Love be able to be great under pressure. Uh, go ahead, go. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to, you know, supposedly the, all the work that they're doing together and, and trusting not only that they're going to get open, but that he's going to be where he's supposed to be, right? You've got to come out of your break when you're supposed to come out of your break, at the depth that you're supposed to be coming out of your break. Like, every little detail has to be perfectly ironed out, and they just got to be on the same page. And, you know, I mean, that comes down to adjustments. You know, when the safety does this, you need to be running at this angle as opposed to that angle. And if the receiver doesn't do that and Jordan Love throws with anticipation, that could be a pick. So everybody's really playing on the uh they're just they're all on the same page. And that's that's another thing that's critically important and, and really goes to show the growth of everything. It's a profound understanding from top to bottom for everybody on the team, from the offensive line to the tight ends, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, et cetera, the running backs, the coaches. And just being able to execute. And everybody's doing it right now. And it's it's beyond impressive. Hey, how are we doing? Hey. Kyle from Madison. It is Tuesday. Still a glorious week. In fact, it feels like it gets more wonderful each day since we beat the Cowboys. As the gravity of the situation uh, kind of sets in. Um. Certainly, I'm starting to feel like the 49ers on the horizon here. A couple things I've been thinking about, though. Is it possible? I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be so instrumental to what the Packers do or don't do the rest of this run. And it's probably his last chance in a ring, right? Sure. If that guy can put together a couple more games, like just just all these years, you know, where it's like just been trying to save up Jonesy, and it just never quite worked out where he was peaking when we needed him. Mm-hmm. Great player, but it just kind of never quite went that way. Man, with all the injuries this year, if this is the year where he can like legit just 
just put together three more big time games, man. I mean, they, we could ride that horse all the way. That's one thing I've been thinking of. Another thing I've been thinking of is, and this is not throwing shade on Rogers at all. It really isn't. Like I totally get it. You're, in, you're, you learn a system for 14 years or whatever. You're going to need some of those elements in your offense. But I think, and, and obviously Lafleur is going to change his offense to what Love does, just like he did for Rogers. But no doubt we are seeing the Lafleur offense in its closer to its final form than we ever have. You know what I mean? And so here's your chance, Matt, at your buddy, Shanahan. Here's your best shot because you've got a white-hot quarterback executing your offense at the highest level you've ever had on that team. So here's your chance at the Niners. I mean, if you want to cook with that offense, they're cooking right now. They might be not cooking like they did in Dallas because there's not a whole lot of headroom there to go up. But here's your chance at it. Um, so, I mean, here, here's your shot. Here, here is your shot at the Niners. And so I don't think this is a fait accompli kind of situation where we have no chance against the Niners. I mean, they have a legit shot here if they can execute the offense the way they've been executing. There is no doubt about it. I don't know that they're going to get a better chance ever. Um, with the way this offense is playing. You know what I mean? Um, so it's now or never, gang. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we're going to be competing for a long time, and Aaron Jones will be back next year, and we'll we'll ride this thing back. But we, we like I've said before, we, we can't go into it with that mentality of, ah, we'll get him next year, because you don't know. You, you have what's in front of you right now. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, so go get it. Hey, Kyle from Madison. So, another thing I'm thinking of going towards this uh, this 49ers game, it, twofold, really. Seasons pass when we lose in the playoffs. It's always the skeletons coming out of the closet. You know, like, okay, we got the first seed, but we know our special teams are horrifically bad in 2022 or whatever that is, 2021. We knew it. We all knew it. We knew it would come bite us, but we just kind of tried to convince ourselves that it'd be okay. And, of course, that's what cost us one of the things that cost us against the Niners. You know, that type of thing. Um, I think, obviously, one of the skeletons is, is the defensive performance through stretches. Um, and the other is just kind of youth and how that's manifested. I think to win this game coming up, you need your special teams not giving up any points uh, as far as like returns or anything like that, and you got to not miss any more kicks, especially any more gimmies. Like that's that's got to end. It's been uh, we've gotten away with it so far, but that's got to end. We're going to need every point. Um, we're going to need to not do the thing where we block, where we hit the kicker or something stupid after a big third down stop, and then you give the other team new downs. That cannot happen from here on out. Um, I think that the defense wouldn't necessarily – it could be a skeleton in the closet, but if they can – the offense is, has been so powerful that it's still possible, I think, that this defense could be good enough to win a championship, um, depending on if Alexander can play in at what level, probably. But we'll see. Um, but the Packers, I think those are the big things, right? Don't let your skeletons destroy your your your, your chances. 
you do wonder, like, if Gutekunst knew this is where we would be at this, the end of the year, like, what would he have done differently uh, with the roster? So I think he probably couldn't have even imagined we'd be here this year. The other thing I've been thinking of, and this has bit the Packers in the past, when you've got that buy locked up and it's that difficult situation where you've got that final week and you know you got the buy after that and you sit your starters, I mean, some of these guys on the 49ers, almost three weeks since they had game being played. And I think you've got to, I think it's, you've got to probably try to get the ball first with the kick. However, you can do that. Take the ball and really try and maximize the fact that the other team might not be quite ready to go immediately. They might too, but, but it's, it's possible they might be a little sleepy. And I think you've got to take advantage of that just like you did Dallas. All right. Peace. Yeah, like I've said before, I'm a little bit of a coward. Um, I, I'd rather just roll with the numbers generally, which is, uh, I think the odds are a little bit higher in your favor if you defer. But when you do it and it works, you can't really uh, argue with the results. So if you can promise me it works, <laughs> then I'll sign off on it. Otherwise, I'm a little bit nervous but I will say, I mean, it, it it makes sense, and the Packers have been aggressive. It's it's the way that they want to position themselves. I think it's a message to the team, their own team, as well as the team across the field. And so I get it. I just, you know, it's one of those things where if you win the toss and elect to receive and you go three and out, I'm just going to throw my television through the window. Because <laughs> that's, that's how rational I am about stuff. Anyways, uh, why don't we get out of here? You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.